Bienvenidos, listeners, and welcome to Uber Cinco, the podcast game show where we deep dive top fives. I'm Brian Ernst, your congested host for today's festivities, and in the den today are unfortunately the only two contestants who agreed to be here, Mitch Brinkman and Nathan Hennenfent. Today, these dingleberries will reveal and defend their top five backhanded compliments, a topic submitted by listener Tristan Dean. We thank you. Our first contestant is a man that looks so great from the neck down. It's Nathan Hennenfin. How are you, sir? <laughs> I actually, I will, I will take <laughs> I am fine with that. Um, <laughs> Good, because that's because uh, that's what that's what really matters, right? Um, yes, I'm I'm doing very well, thank you. Oh man, a classic butterface. That's what Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> And his challenger, who really is quite funny in his own way, it's Mitch Brinkman. How are you, sir? And now, I am a literal butterface. I love smearing butter on my cheeks every morning. Uh, keeps keeps the glow uh, and the acne right where it is. So um, it's very nice. But thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And um, I'm ready to, you know, I'm ready to play hard. And I'm going to do this for TD. Uh that that's for you, buddy. So. For for Tim Duncan? That... No, Tristan Dean. Uh, TD. Oh. He's, yeah, he's uh, he's just a great guy, and uh, I'm playing for him today. So. Wow, you are. Well, that confused me. I, I know Tristan, and I've never heard him <laughs> referred to by any nickname. And that reminded me of when I met Scotty Pippen last week, and the Do guy behind TD? me kept referring to him as SP. <laughs> Scotty, it's like nobody is not 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 then, not now, not in the future. Scotty Pippen's never been called SP, and this guy referred to him as SP for an hour and forty five minutes in my ear, and now I'll never think of Scotty Pippen as anything else. But did SP. you punch this boy? And, and you sure? <laughs> I I wanted to. He did. He did give Scotty Pippen his number when he finally got up there because he thought he could help him with a business deal because he was oh. in the billboard business. Oh, God, and then he business. asked me when he was writing his number down. He asked me how to spell billboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you get us a billboard deal? I mean, we gotta start advertising. I really should have, but I was so mad about the whole SP thing that I just stormed Don't out worry, there. we'll call Scotty's people, get the number, and it'll circle back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if y'all want to get blown to the moon, make sure you head on over to bizbear.biz to submit your suggestions and questions for upcoming shows. We actually have a question this week from listener Alex Lovinggood. And maybe Nathan will be able to answer this. Uh, did Nathan ever live in London, is what Alex is asking. Is this a true statement? Whoa. Did this happen? Um Whoa! Yeah, that's that's a that's a good question. That's a just great to, question. To, just to answer, in the interest of completeness and fullness, sure. I will now tell about seven hundred and fifty <laughs> stories that go nowhere from when I lived in London. Well, if, so, if people want to listen it. to those seven hundred and fifty <laughs> stories, all they have to do is listen to a previous episode of Ubersinko. Go on back. Right. And if you are new to the den, welcome, and let us wake you up with a quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber Stare 
you will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber stare-down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. As a reminder, don't forget to stick with us until the end of the show where I, Brian Ernst, will give you my Fast Five send-off where I'll rattle off the definitive list of the top five worst places for your car to break down. And finally, as host, I'm entitled to institute a house rule for today's game. Two points to whomever rattles my cage with the most insulting backhanded compliment. So do your worst, gentlemen. <laughs> I think I think I'm gonna concede that I'm not gonna win. <laughs> uh, Mitch knows how to get. No, no, Nathan, what are you talking about? You're great at coming up with stuff. <laughs> Sorry, that, that was, was good. Sarcastic. That was good. Uh, <laughs> Mitch, you unfortunately lost the pre-show PA request where you ordered us green olive and ricotta. Out of pizza, so as punishment, <laughs> so as punishment, you lost your home court advantage, and you must go first. So, yes, uh, you're number five, uh, sir. Thank you, uh, Turtle from Entourage. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Turtle or that. No, I, I'm, this is just going to turn into insults. Now I have to stop that. That that's not. The I think I'm actually here. dressed nicer um, than no. Turtle ever was on Entourage. <laughs> this is Reebok, okay, bitch. My- <laughs> Okay, but my my number five here, the literal uh, backhanded um, compliment. I, I call this the door holder's surprise. <laughs> and <laughs> this happens to me more often than I than I would like it to. Um, but it's also it's a compliment, but also it, it brings me up and then puts me right back into place again. And that's when I when someone's holding a door open for me, I walk in first. A lot of people will give me a backhanded spank. And then say, nice ass, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate it because I do my squats. But at the same time, I feel like a piece of meat as well, you know, and not one that's cooked nicely, you know, like a steak that's left to boil and then, you know, char in the broiler and forgotten. So, again, <laughs> thank you for the ass compliment. Don't love just like, like you know, like, like the lightest salt at, at the same time. Also, a backhanded slap to the ass. Sometimes you can get some really old knobby knuckles, you know, going on your keister. That's that's not that comfortable. So if what was the title of this? The door holder's surprise. I, I never know it's coming. Surprise. And then, whoosh, nice ass, buddy. <laughs> and everyone says, nice ass, buddy. No matter if they're, you know, 21 or if they're 82. Everyone, <laughs> everyone in between, nice ass, buddy. And it's weird. It's so weird. So, but I got a nice butt, I guess. You know, my, my rump has the junk. So, that's my number five. Wow. How often does this happen? That's, that's weird because... <laughs> oh, this has happened... Uh, I don't know, prop more than once. So, <laughs> so twice at least. I, <laughs> Maybe more. Who knows? This is actually going to be the number four on next week's episode for me when we do our top five uh, sexual positions. You've never heard of. <laughs> the door holder surprise. I was going to tell the story about how in college uh, I met a woman at a bar and uh, went back to her dorm and she introduced me to the door holder surprise. Well, I, I don't want to ruin it yeah. for next week. Yeah, so. that's, yeah, save, it. save it. Save it for the pod. Tune, um, tune in next so, week, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So m- m- maybe I should have called this the uh, nice ass buddy. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's my number five. It's I, I feel good and I feel, you know, like I have to thank them at the same time. And that's not nice. So 
Um, it, it, it's not always a great way to enter a building. So or leave. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a better way to enter. A horrible way to leave. Thank you. Uh, moving on to Nathan's number five. See if you can top that ass. <laughs> well, mine's uh, mine's in the in the realm of physical uh, compliments as well. This is the you look great. Dot dot dot. You know, or the you look great. Like for instance, I got this yesterday. Mm. Today happens to be, as uh, you both mentioned before we started recording, this is my thirty fifth birthday. We're Woo! recording. Your birthday. And, Whoa! Happy yeah. birthday! Oh my gosh! Happy so, birthday <laughs> to you! All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Okay. But yesterday, like I told. I told somebody that it was uh, going to be my birthday today, and they said, oh, happy birthday. And they said, how old are you going to be? And I said, 35. And a kind of strange pause and moment of reflection came over their face, and they said, 35? Oh, well, you look great. (laughs) Oh, so I'm apparently at an, and it was somebody younger than me, and so it was like, oh, so I'm at an age where looking even reasonable is a total bonus, and... (laughs) Not ex- no longer expected of me. So great. And this is also like, you know, oh, like, oh, you look great. You you lost weight. You look great. That means I thought you were fat. Oh, you you gained some weight. That's it. I thought you were a weak, pathetic, skinny, prepubescent <laughs> uh, sixth grader who needed to fill out. Oh, um, somebody, you know, just has a kid. You know, they gone through the trials of pregnancy. Oh, you look great. It's it just there's a thing of condescension. There's it just never means like oh you look great let me uh let me just mm, let me come over here let me give you a nice squeeze. ass it's buddy not, it's not any uh <laughs> yeah it's not a nice ass buddy it's not as sincere so yeah they i think we've all at some point had somebody be on the receiving end of this that we know or care about where you know oh you look great and I, when you get really old like not 35 old but like somebody who's like 90 and they're like Oh, here's 90. Well, they look great for 90. I'm like, does anybody really look great at 90? You know, it's just, uh, do they? Do they? I think the weirdest one, though, do you ever hear this at a funeral? I've heard this at a funeral. Like, they look great considering they're dead? Open, open casket. The they'll dead be person? like, yeah, they'll be like, oh, well, they look, they look so at peace or something. And I, I've heard this. They got four inches of makeup times. on their face. It's all yeah, fucking silly putty. I, they look restful, or that's a, that's another one. When you're alive, even oh, you you look well rested. It's like, well, what do I normally just look like? I've been up for three straight days at the blackjack table. Like, yes, which maybe I was, but yeah, you're sleeping but for anyways, health now, not depression. Yeah. That's great. That's yeah. very good. <laughs> oh man my, my my favorite is when someone's like oh that shirt's awesome it distracts uh, from your hair you look great <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> son of a bitch okay thanks Just have to be a really really and... really bright colored shirt for you to be wearing the day you got that <laughs> well this is a solid oh, start to this list boys I think I'm going to give three points all around because uh, one wow, we got to talk about you. Mitch's tuckus and then uh, yep Nathan, oh poor Nathan, talking about these dead people that he heard told they look so great. <laughs> it was weird. I swear, I've heard it at multiple funerals. It's one of the weirdest things I've ever. heard. My favorite is you I, look th- great considering you're dead. That is such a great phrase. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Mitch, back to you for your number four. I call this the comedy career, oh, and boy. you guys know me in 
in you know years past did did the whole improv second city thing yada yada um and uh when people who don't know what it is or don't like you know ask don't really know you and they're like oh so how's your stand-up going and of course you're like it's not stand-up it is improv which you do as a group it's group mind it's listening it's reacting it's in the moment stand-up is all you know pre-written and and they're like, oh, that's oh, I'm so glad, I'm so glad you're you're enjoying, you know, your jokes and stuff. And you're like, it's not jokes. I am in the moment. I am inhabiting a character. I am a believable person up on stage. I'm not just, you know, reciting some shit I wrote. Like, oh, that's so good. You know, yeah. Oh, when it, you know who, you know who you should take over for. You should take over for Conan. What? When are you gonna take over for Conan? You're like, that's <laughs> a different medium it's improv is 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 it's just vital you can never watch it a second i think the time. word you're it's looking for is moment. worse worse is the word you're looking for <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah. well yeah i mean yeah i mean everyone yeah you know it's worse when you're doing it you're obviously like this sucks the whole time um but then also part of this is when you meet friends of friends um and like maybe they all went to a college where they're like, you know, everyone's like business majors or whatever. And then they're like, Oh, our one buddy, uh, Ryan, he, well, he's an accountant, but he's been doing second city or stand up or whatever. He's hilarious. Like you, you guys should, you guys should like, you're both so funny. You should do comedy together. And you're like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, Ryan. I don't, <laughs> He's an accountant. He's probably not that funny. And then you meet Ryan, and then Ryan's like, "Oh yeah, I'm in level two of Second City," and you know, I just and I'm like, "Oh, what's a, what? What are some of your you know inspirations?" Uh, I mean, honestly, like Billy Madison. Honestly, up there. And at that, I'm like, "Fuck this!" And then I'm just like, "I gotta go, guys." They don't remember the next time either. They don't. Maybe they don't really care either. And, you know, no, it's not going that great because it's goddamn improv. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about that. So that's my number We've four. talked about that a lot, especially with Nathan. Nathan is not the, the biggest fan of improv, nor are most people, because to see a good improv show, you have to go to 15 shows, one of which will be really, really good. And of the yeah. people who are of the top caliber caliber doing it, it's really hard to find those people. Your TJs and Daves, yep. your your Susan Messings, your Blaine Spens. All, to find those people, it's pretty, really hard. The classes, the Herald classes, where you have to watch like the Herald. Oh my God, there's like five of them in a row. Herald being, for, oh. for people who don't know, Herald's a very unique discipline of improv if discipline is indeed a word that can be used with improv yes but yes it is it's, it's That's sort of it's, word, it's very actually. it's very uh long form yes right? am yeah. i right mitch there's a beginning a yeah. middle and an end and there's like three uh story lines that go through it with three scenes per storyline so it's you know you have to remember yeah it's usually a beginning a middle and when will this end (laughs) yes well sounds like you guys sounds like all the hilarity of the hilarious action of sitting still and paying attention (laughs) (laughs) you guys were so nice to come and cheer me on also too when you guys watched it thank you so much for doing that i appreciate that i actually think about it i don't think i knew you when you were actually doing stuff on stage there like you were kind of like no you debt no i definitely knew you you never came to anything i I, I (laughs) you never invited me to anything yes i did i absolutely did i think you gave me an invite to while my keytar gently sleeps like a day before its last 
showing. <laughs> I was like, I oh oh no, I'm talking about IO. I'm talking about improv because that wasn't improv. That was sketch. Oh, that I'm so sketch. sorry. I didn't yeah. see that. It's different. It's different. Hey, it really I saw is, dog so. party stuff. So don't even, don't even, don't even get yeah. me there. No, no, that's true. Don't yeah. even get me. And that was, I mean, that was good stuff. That, that was, was uh, good stuff. You know. These, these word salads that you're hearing, these are yeah, the sorry. things that people come up with for uh, <laughs> names of improv shows or groups. It's, and, and it's just whatever random collection of words you can find. That's, that's what improv groups name their shows. Would you believe it that we named that group? We thought of that name in under 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it was first draft. No editing. First draft. Yes. Good. Green lit. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Can you? T- yeah. My 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 brother-in-law has a, a 90s cover band and their guitarist is named Jim. And so they at, when they were just practicing, they're like, oh, we'll just like for now, we're just going to refer to ourselves as the Jim Blossoms because that's the worst name we can come up with. <laughs> but it's funny for us and we laugh about it. And then they had like I remember at one point I was shown a list of like all these potential names. And they were trying to come up with a different 90s cover band name. <laughs> they're still the Jim Blossoms. They played many, many shows. They have a following. They're still the Jim Blossoms. Oh, man. Can you top improv shows, Nathan, with your number four? Uh, no. um, but I'll no. try. <laughs> no. Uh, my number f- four is uh, this is when somebody tells you you're really photogenic. It's like oh. you show them there's a picture of them like, oh, this picture of you. Now, this picture of you is so great. And they're looking at the picture. But then they're also two feet away from you who the picture is of. And they're like, wow, this digital representation of your likeness is so much more attractive than <laughs> this old sack of organic material that's standing here fully formed before me sweating and stinking and you know with his hair uncombed what's and, great about uh, this it, picture is i can't smell it <laughs> yeah like they're just people when somebody says their photo that your photogenic is a great picture it's like that just the shock and surprise that you might at one point in history have been presentable and thank God that has been saved in the art of photography for future generations to see that you actually are not always a hideous and disgusting train wreck of uh, an example of physical appearance and personal hygiene. So yeah, that's, that's really all I've got for my number four, but yeah, don't say somebody's photogenic, not nice. Here's the phenomena, though, is that some people look much better in person than they do captured by a camera and vice versa. Right. That is absolutely a thing. Yeah. That is just a compliment the other way. But then you (laughs) you also you also that it would be like see a picture of them be like, oh, God, like what did the camera really does add 10 pounds like that's (laughs) Well, pretty, pretty hard to point that one out. Family portrait. You look like dog shit, but you're pretty hot here. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be a a great moment for those people when they go on like Tinder dates or something and their date shows up expecting like, well, here we go. Another Tinder. Oh, my goodness. Look at you. (laughs) Like just the the, that overexcitement that's. I assume that would be a pattern you would catch on to eventually. Yeah. I almost yeah. swiped well, left, but now that I see you in person, <laughs> I'm glad yeah. I took the risk. <laughs> yeah, you look like dog shit in the part in the picture, but uh now that I see you, you uh you're really doing it for me, all right? So uh second date, that was second you, date, huh? That, I I think that was you during your um during your uh uh the oh god what's his name uh oh the, the asshole who lives in Vegas who wears the giant hat and 
and and teaches men how to pick up women. What's his name? Mystery? Oh, mystery? Yeah. Mystery, right? <laughs> mystery? Who's mystery? Yeah. Have you read? Oh, he's a pickup artist. That was, that was, oh, yeah, God. he's the pickup artist. That was Brian's pickup yeah, artist. Yeah, he ran, but, he ran okay. seminars for desperate men on how to pick up women. Very sleazy. Oh, <laughs> it was terrible. Terrible. Uh, me and Nathan never got our money back. And the lunch sucked. It was like partially frozen turkey sandwiches. No, thank you. Uh, what I will say, though, about photos, people do not do themselves justice with photos a lot of times. They will. I mean, you guys know this. You understand film. They don't get the light in their face. They they shadow themselves. It's true. They have the person stand way too far back with the camera. So the photo's like 80%, like, you know, everything else except for them. It's like, you got to get tight. You got to get your angles right. You got to get your smile down. You know, open your eyes. You know, like a, classically, if you're asking a question in your brain, what? What? <laughs> you look so much better in a photo. These are just some, just some, just some little. That's tips, how you get so. your blue steel. I never knew what your little what? mental trick was to get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just gotta ask a question. That's all it is. You so. just gotta ask. Well, this is this is we've learned a valuable lesson here for anybody who's gonna do some online dating is mm-hmm. put mediocre pictures of yourself on your profile. That way, you're never you're never gonna show up, and the opposite party will just be like, "Oh, really." You're always going to be a pleasant surprise. Plus, you you don't want people to have their first impression on you be completely and totally shallow. You want them to get to know the real you. It's true. Right? Oh, the real yeah. you. Right? Unless if the real you sucks, then put all the hot <laughs> yeah, pictures. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because if you're a dog shit person, all right? <laughs> uh, all right, consider. I, I I can tell you've been working on your Andrew Dice Clay impression, and I'm loving it. Probably, oh, so. yes. All right. Uh, I'm not going to recite any of the jokes I know because I know quite a few. <laughs> I'm not going to do that for our poor. That's very cool. Poor listeners, shut up. All right. <laughs> you know what? I was going to give you three points. You're getting two now, Mitch. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> now I'm going to give Nathan the three points because that's what he deserves. <laughs> Take us to number three, Mitch. Yes, of course. Uh, my number three is called the leftover shit souffle, and this happened uh, like when I was younger and um, went to basketball tryouts for the the third year in a row. I'd been on the A team the first year, uh, third year of AAU ball. I I made the B team, and uh, my, my mom said, "What? Be proud! Come on, you made the B team." You get to play basketball this year. <laughs> There's no better way to just swallow all of your pride at once. So big a swallow that you almost choke yourself um, than to hear that. Another version of this happened again when I was cut from the high school basketball team. And the coach was like, well, you're a great you're a great basketball player. You understand the game, whatever. You're like the third. You're the third best player out there. Uh, but you're just, you know, you're not fast enough. You can't jump high enough, so, so, so we're going to cut you. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, that sucks. And I'm on the way out. He's still like, but you're, you are, you know the game. You're really good. And I'm like, yeah, you already cut me. You don't need to keep lobbing compliments at my ass. Just hit me on the way out and say, nice ass, buddy. And like, you know, let me go home and, and eat my feelings tonight. You know? I like how so, he's like, you're the third best player on a team of five. I'm still cutting you to get another three people underneath you to be on the team instead of you. 
Oh, Brian, Brian, it's not five people on a team. It's 12 people. I know. I'm talking about the bare minimum just to play the game. You're the third (laughs) best, and I'm still going to pick 12 to 13 kids above you, even though you're third best. That's how much of a sack of shit I was, so. (laughs) This kid's a dog shit player. No, <laughs> yeah. uh, my legs, my legs were dog shit. My ass was dog shit then too. It was big, but it was weak. The so. leftover dog shit souffle. Oh no! <laughs> yes. uh, I remember something similar like this happened my junior year of high school during volleyball tryouts. I was like, "Oh, I'm a junior now. I'm finally going to be on varsity." So. Mm-hmm. That happened. And then we went to this, blah, blah, blah. I got put on JV again. And then I went up to the coach of varsity and I was like, hey, there's only two years left of high school, blah, blah, blah. Is there any way I can retry out to really show you what I've gotten, blah, blah, blah. And her answer was like, you know what? We could do that. But I don't want to do that and have you just be on the bench the whole season. I want you to play. So that's why you're on JV. And I was like, okay. So I think they reluctantly made me captain of JV just because of that. Because I was the oldest one on the JV team. The JV captain. The- That's the new nickname I'm going with for Brian. <laughs> JV captain. Did you play senior year? I did. And then I was varsity just because I was a senior. If they, would, if they could put me on JV again, they probably would have. I was not a very fast guy. At least you got to play. At least you got to play some volleyball that year. I did, but I went for it. I always dove and always hurt myself every game. So (laughs) at least I tried. Oh, yeah. That's basically the the intellectual philosophy of most high school coaches is if they see a kid diving onto the floor repeatedly to hurt themselves, that translates to, oh, this guy's great. He's so dedicated. Yeah. 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 Well, I could never wear the knee pads because my my chunky thighs were too thick to keep them up. So you'd pull the knee pads up and they couldn't like my big chunky thighs would push them down. So it's like if I dove and went to go slide on my knees, there would be the pads would be too low anyway. So I just ditched the pads and just ruined my knees every game. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. I always had Voight backwards on my arms after I got those spikes from those other guys that were a lot tougher than our team. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Horrible. Nathan, um, do do, do you want to tell a story about getting cut from the basketball team? Uh, You know, like junior year or something like that or... You know, I have a story and I, I've been sitting here trying to hold it back because there's no way it doesn't come off as the biggest humble brag of do all it, time. Do but it, since do you've given it. Me, since you've opened the door. It's your birthday. Come on. <laughs> yeah. When I was in high school, I had a pretty nice little basketball career and a Did local newspaper. <laughs> oh, that's um, not a career. Okay. He was under, a student under the table, athlete. Under the table. <laughs> One of, the, one of the local papers. Well, actually, three of the local Whoa! papers in the area named me, named me player of the year, both junior and senior year. First time that anybody had done it twice. Uh, wow. Yeah. But but this 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 one reporter who had. Was this from the uh, Cornhusking Gazette or, or which one was it? This is the Monmouth Review Monmouth Atlas. Monmouth Review Atlas. OK. And and so this guy, I remember. Well, first part is he he. He came to the school and he interviewed me in person Hmm. and we talked and then I was, you know, we did the interview for the end of the year thing. And then did did, did his picture match like what he looked like in in real, real life? (laughs) 
Well, I, I knew the dude my whole, my whole life, so <laughs> oh, okay, I, I knew, okay. yeah. But <laughs> he, uh, then I, I was actually at like the, the semifinals of the state basketball tournament watching with the rest of my team. Like we took a trip over to watch the, the finals and I, my coach gets a call on his cell phone and passes it over to me. And it's this guy and he asks me all the same questions again <laughs> And I'm like, did you lose your notes? Like, what's going on? But anyways, both both year, junior and senior year, he like he he always used the word quietly when he was describing me. Like I was just selected as the outstanding player. And I was really proud. And it was a big moment for me. I'd worked really hard to get there. And he's like, Nathan Henenfent quietly led the Rosalie Orkwood Bearcats. So he quietly achieved this. I was like, I was fucking electrifying. <laughs> God damn it. Nothing I did was quiet. Like I'm, I was a fairly soft-spoken kid is when I was in high school. Oh, but then all of a sudden I was like, on the, yeah, on the court, I I considered myself like some cross between Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan, <laughs> and and you know I, but apparently I, no. yeah, apparently I did things quietly. So yeah, quietly. but anyways, Ooh. that was a, that was a. Thank you for on my birthday allowing me to sneak in this story about the glory days and and how good I was at a sport uh, literally 17, 18 years ago. I believe it was the Appreciate you, it. Thank you very much. Were you a, a vocal leader on the court or or did you just uh, lead by example through your play? Uh, prob- probably more through through example. Okay. But I liked I liked. Uh, Actually, never mind. <laughs> what is that? There no, was no, one, no, keep there going. There was one thing. Take there was another one thing sip I did. your cocktail and, and keep telling the story. <laughs> there was one thing I did pregame before the, the final last huddle. I like to come in and I would I would dog. spew I would spew the longest, most profanity and violent tirade I could possibly come up with about the opposing team right before we started, like two to the oh, teammates in the huddle. Yeah. And I remember, I can't remember who it was. It was either, it was either my mom or a teacher or somebody that came up to me after a game and, and they were like, you really need to do that a little quieter because everybody heard you. And that was appalling. <laughs> so oh. um, I had that little moment. Nathan Hennifin quietly reamed out the other team <laughs> by screaming <laughs> at the top of his lungs. You guys can go fuck all the way off because I'm going to come and take your lunch money and I'm going to dunk all over your stupid fucking asses. I believe that rant was uh, fully printed on the front Sorry. page of the Cornhole Gazette. So I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> everyone could look that one up. Uh, Nathan, I believe you take us to your number three. All right. This is, hey, you are really great at this menial or horrible task involved in the job that we are all trying to do. And this is usually something that it comes from when you start a new job and it's a bit of a, uh, uh, there's a, there's a bit of menace behind it because somebody else doesn't want to do this thing. And so they're like, Oh, you're really great at, you know, if it's answer, if it's maybe you're the person who has to answer the phone at this company and you're going to have a lot of angry companies like, Oh, you handled that so well. Or, you know, Maybe if you're working on the farm, like, man, this guy can really shovel some shit with the best of them, can he? Oh, look at him shovel that shit. He's a great shit shoveler. And then they they try to build you up so you start taking pride in it. So then you're, like, volunteering to do it. And the next thing you know, you're just the guy who shovels shit for the next 10 years of your life. You're just shoveling shit. You're like, how did this happen? Everybody else is doing things that are not shoveling shit. And here I am shoveling shit or whatever the proverbial shoveling shit is at your job. Somebody had complimented you. You were insecure because of your first day and you're trying to get better. 
and, and you know make a good mark on the everybody around you so you took pride in it you got good at it you're stuck with it so watch out for this one <laughs> if you're good at something if somebody compliments you on doing something that you hate doing stop doing that thing <laughs> only bad things await this actually reminds me of a quote a dark. from by Jay Baruchel in the movie She's Out of My League <laughs> Yeah, he is a TSA agent and the woman introduces him as somebody who's in aviation. And he was like, I'm in aviation, like the guy who shovels shit at the carnivals and show business. And that's kind of what this reminds me of. (laughs) Oh, which is so sad. I'm so sorry that you went from quietly taking over courts to being this guy. Is this you? Is this is this you being this guy? Who's complimenting you on something yeah, you've shoveled. done? What, what shit have you shoveled that I've someone's complimented sh- you on? I've shoveled my fair share of shit. We have all shoveled shit, but I'm wondering which which shit shovel you got complimented on. Well, I I don't have a specific one of these from my own life that comes to mind offhand, but I've seen it I've seen it done to other people enough where I know the tactic, and I do like the the show business thing does remind me of like these poor people who work as PAs. Like I've worked as a PA on, on some uh, big shows and I'm, I know Mitch has as well. And it's like, you tell people about that and they're like, Oh, that is so cool. And like, I do have some cool stories from these, but then also it's like, yeah, a lot of it was like standing around, like waiting to hand somebody a cup of coffee for six hours in the rain. Like it's, and, and that is Nathan's, not that is Nathan's worst nightmare in more than one way. That is my worst nightmare because I literally, the smell of coffee makes me want to throw up. I had somebody give me a hug the other day and they had a swill of coffee in their mouth. They were like, they had just taken a a swig of coffee and they were still in the swallowing process of the swig when they came in for the embrace. And I swear to you, as I was walking away, I I, I had to suppress the gag, so I was, like, literally looking for a trash can because I thought it was... That's how much I dislike coffee. Um, how do we get here? I don't um, know. <laughs> I'm just imagining the wonderful smell of fresh roasted beans or coffee, and I can't imagine, like, what... Like, what's the smell that gets you up in the morning, you know? Because coffee's a pretty good way to wake up. Yeah. You know, you know, Mitch, before you and I were roommates, I actually was an early riser. I was up at 530 every day forever. But then when you and I were roommates and you would get up and have that morning coffee, I was like, I got to change my lifestyle. I'm now going to have to be one of those guys who sleeps until noon just so I can avoid the coffee. And my whole life has come off the rails since because of that. I got to be a hermit now. God damn it. <laughs> did I have a, I think did I have a coffee maker in the room freshman year? I don't think I did. Right. No, no, you, no, no, no. no. It was when we the the later the Ranch Triangle apartment. Oh, that that's when right. Oh, yeah. You first had the. Coffee you actually there kept it on Nathan's nightstand, which is so weird. <laughs> yeah. I you know it's uh I I like to inflict pain. That's what it is. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, Mitch, you made me sad about reliving my uh, volleyball years, but yours was yeah. so good that you're getting three points. Uh, Thank you. Nathan, same with you. We've all shoveled shit. We've been there. Three points. Mitch, on to you for your number two. Yeah, this one, uh, you guys know I love to name my my top five list. So I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm you know, I'm, I'm keeping the naming going. And this one I'm calling a true snowflake. This is someone who is one of one, you know, and that, <laughs> 
that comes out in the backhanded compliment where someone tells you, oh, only you could pull that off. (laughs) (laughs) Only you, only you would make that choice. Only you... Uh, would 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 say that and and get away with it, and then you're like, what? Wait, what have I been doing that has now created this? You must have this, been wearing a, a cardigan and Nantucket red shorts. <laughs> what mean, else yes, could you have been wearing? Yes, I, I I do remember at at the DePaul Film Awards one year, I had uh like a a a, a, a nautical striped polo shirt, Nantucket red shorts, and a blazer on. And I remember distinctly someone came up and said. Only you would wear this to this event tonight. I mean, I remember thinking, uh, "Oh, thank you. I think that's a thank you. I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that." Um, so this is, I mean, as someone who who used to uh, claim it wasn't for attention, but you know, I'm sure it was for attention. Uh, dressing like an insane person in college, um, <laughs> you know, everyone's trying on new personalities every other day. You know, in college, that's what you do, right? Right, guys? No, but okay. That's what you do? Oh, okay. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I missed that memo. I didn't do college right. Of, so <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of silence over there. Commuter okay. student. Um, so- I just tried to develop a personality. <laughs> okay. I, it, I just tried to get one down. Mitch was able to go through seven or eight a month. <laughs> I, was- I couldn't get to one. Commu- commuter <laughs> students have one personality. Oh, you're the weird guy that's thinking I'm a train at night. Yep, that's me. <laughs> oh, you've got the enormous backpack with everything. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. I remember true. when I first met you, Brian. Your backpack was like twice as wide as like like for, from a from a uh, from a profile. I was like, "There's Brian." You know, let's say you're a foot wide. Your backpack would be two feet wide. It was yes. enormous. Yeah, I was a third yeah. of what I was carrying always. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so like you know, this is I I, I thankfully uh uh socially don't don't really give give a flop. So like this. This didn't like you know hurt me too much because I would just like wear it as a badge of honor. Like, yeah, I'm the only person insane enough to wear like a a, a teal yachting sweater uh, that that I, I clearly haven't earned. Just I haven't been on say, a rig. Just what you saying? What you're wearing it just tickles my fancy. You know, a te- Those, like I didn't know yachting sweater was a garment. What? I would have or never even a category of garment. Yeah. yeah. Oh man! Like, I know that I know that boat shoes exist. So yeah, I know boat shoes are a thing, but not yachting sweater. Yes, a yachting sweater is a thick cable net sweater. Yeah, sweater, 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 sweater. Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't talk all of a sudden. Uh, that, that you wear uh, when you're on deck to you know to, to keep you warm and dry, you know, from the wind, from the cold, and then it's wool. Hopefully, it's a little wet. It dries easily, and it doesn't doesn't make you too cold. So that is a perfect yachting sweater. Um, and I've barely been on yachts and I know that. So <laughs> barely been on yachts. Oh, what a life you've lived, sir. <laughs> I've one yacht. I've been on one yacht. So, um, yeah, so this is, yeah, that's my number two. I haven't had anyone say this to me recently, which I think is maybe a good thing, or maybe I'm losing my fire. I don't know. Maybe need to, to maybe to it's re- because we've been socially isolated for the last 18 months or so. Well, I've got, Oh yeah, you're right. Oh my god. <laughs> Shit, you're right. Yeah. Oh my god, that's why I'm so bored. Okay. Um, you can't cool. peacock your yachting tire. <laughs> that's right. That's my number two. Thank you very much. I lay that at your feet for full three points. Appreciate it. Uh huh. Nathan, top yachting attire. Jesus, number two. Well, mine's in a similar vein of the Mitch's was like only you could do that. Mine is actually. 
I could never do that. <laughs> um, so this is this is like uh, you got a family. They got two new kids and uh, they decide that like the mom has been out of work because she gave birth and then they give birth. And then she's like, hey, I just got this great career opportunity. I'm going back to work and I'm going to take this job and in the field I've always dreamed of, whatever. And then their friend says to them, or acquaintance, or whoever it may be, says, oh, congratulations, I could never do that <laughs> because of having the kid at home. Like, Lay it you're going to just like, put your kid in daycare or not be there for all of these, but I could never do that. Or like, oh, hey, I got a job, and it's it's overseas, and you know, whatever. And, uh, Oh, that's great. You're going to have so much fun. It's going to be a great adventure. I could never do that because my parents are getting a little older and it's important that I be here for them. Subtext being you are neglecting everybody important in your life by taking this opportunity that's good for you. That's that's the gist of it. It applies in many situations. I could never do that, but good for you for doing it. But I couldn't do it because I'm slightly better than you in many important <laughs> assets. I would love to go to London, but I... I personally could never do that because um, I, I I don't want to leave my city, you know, that needs my help. So um, I'm going to stay right here in Chicago. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You couldn't. You couldn't do it. This is the appropriate response mm-hmm. is if somebody gives you the I could never do that backhanded compliment. That's just like, yep, you're right. You couldn't. Yeah. Just turn the tables on them. Just get the momentum back on I your side. You gotta, th- you're right, Mitch. Think- you couldn't. You couldn't cut it in London. It's too big a town for you, kid. <laughs> I think you got to throw some more stank on you. You could never do it. Yeah, you could never do it, but luckily there's people like me. (laughs) I would love to be a party to that conversation. I don't want to be involved in it, but a party to where it's just like, luckily there's a guy like me that can do it. uh, Or you could go, you could go real understated with it. Like, oh, I could never do that. I'd be like, oh, well. Yeah, you're right. You couldn't. Do that. <laughs> I never thought about that. The, you couldn't. That I like. There's just no way. It's, it's literally inconceivable that you could do this thing I'm about to do. <laughs> it's just not happening. Yeah. All right, Nathan, I love how much you're tearing this person down. I'm, you're getting three points. I love it. Uh, Mitch, you used the word yachting attire. I mean, it can't give you three points. You're getting two for that. Ugh. But you better save it with your number one here. My number one is one of my least favorite moves ever, and I'm calling this the sudden moron. And it's when someone says, um, again, it's a, it's an easy task, but it's a thankless task, but it's a task that must get done. And then someone will say, oh, you should do it. I If I did it, I would only screw it up. I would only <laughs> screw it up. You know, you, yeah. you need to do this. You should do it. No, 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 no. I, I don't even want to try because I would absolutely screw it up. Well, because I don't wipe down counters that much. Or like, how would you even, how would I, I, I couldn't approach it. Couldn't even, couldn't even think about trying to do it. You've already done it. You are clear that you're amazing at it. You are so good. You keep doing it. What? What? I couldn't. Oh, I could not possibly, 
possibly uh, send an email to communicate to the rest of the team uh, the next step of the project. Couldn't pot. No. Well, you know why? Well, I'm just, I'm terrible with words. I'm terrible with words. Yeah, you were so much better, much better writer. <laughs> Aren't you the I, VP of communications? How are you bad with words? <laughs> well, you know what? I'm more of, you know, I'm the ideas per- I'm, I'm the I'm the leader in spirit here. Got I'm it. not, right. you know, oh yeah. God, I've got oh, sausage fingers. Cannot even <laughs> touch a keyboard without making a bunch of mistakes. You better do this. You better do this. You better do this. That's my least favorite fucking thing. Uh, it, it, it happens. It doesn't happen with me as much, but I know that there's, there's those like those stupid fucking gendered tasks out there yeah. that you always see men doing this to women. You're just like, dude, go fuck off. Like go lock yourself inside of a box and somehow push yourself into the Grand Canyon. And I hope you die before you hit the bottom. You know, you piece of shit. Uh, but <laughs> You are a and dog so, shit wait. man. Yeah. Oh, box of dog shit falling in the Grand Canyon. Oh. Um, so, Die yeah. before you hit the bottom, you dog shit man. So yeah, uh, that, that that's like one of my least favorite things. And people who who think that's like oh, an actual reason piss me off so much. And then when someone's like they didn't even try, like they weren't part of this, and then they're like, what? What? What are you talking about? But they're so much better at it. You're like, no, it's just a simple thing. It's got to get done. Someone's got to do it. it oof. Oh, get my goat. Oof. Oh, gets man. My goat. Mitch is so, fired up. I'm his fired. cheeks are matching his hair. Of, He's there. Fully fired. One of the great scams men have perpetrated on the world over the millennia is this idea of some things being women's work. It's like, all right, what are we going to make the women do? How about... Literally everything we just don't want to do. <laughs> we say that's what women are. Yeah, I look. I look around my house, and all the things that I don't want to do are the things that are like the old stereotypical 1950s housewife type thing. Well, and 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 also let's be honest. Like women just did everything. Men went to the office and like got drunk, and then did would you know talk to their buddies at lunch and be like, "So do you just sell me some of that steel?" Okay, yeah, all right, cool. Let's have more martinis. You know, and you're like that was it, and then. I had a liquid lunch today. How do you expect me to throw in a load of laundry? All right. <laughs> I would just mess it up. All right. I'd probably put in too much soap and they'd be too clean. We can't wear things that are too clean. All right. I think you should do it because I personally would just, you know, too much soap. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is also where the, the myth, the myth that like moms can find things better than anybody else, you know, oh. like. It's like there's there's no there's no distinction on who has that ability more. It's just like in that that family patriarchal setup. It was like, well, mom was doing everything all day, so of course she knew where everything was. Yeah. Like, yep. of course she saw your little action figure under the couch because she was picking up dog shit there that you neglect pretended you didn't see. And you didn't anyways, see the dog anyways, shit. <laughs> anyways, thanks thanks to my mom for finding literally everything for my in, entire childhood. You're the best mom. <laughs> well, I mean, and Nathan, you you're a terrible searcher. I mean, you shouldn't even try to look for things. Your mom's better at it. So yeah. Nathan uh, would just mess it up. He makes sure it's more hidden. I yeah. I would I would end up putting it in the trash can accidentally. So it's better if you just go look for it. You know, just <laughs> Well, guys, we we fixed gender roles. So there's just we another checkbox no, of the things that know, we solved on the show. It was always 
It was always going to take three white guys in their 30s to solve with absolutely no who, women present to have their say. Yeah. Man, we are just that's who everybody's been waiting for. We completed God. today's checklist: reference entourage, make each other laugh, <laughs> fix gender roles. So we did it. We did it all. We did it all. All right, what massive problem are you going to solve in your number one, Nathan? You got to top fixing gender right. roles. Well, I got a real bone to pick here on this one. <laughs> oh, my number one, my number one. An angry white guy, partici- watch out! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> participation trophies. Oh, now first of all, before we get to why they're a backhanded compliment, I want to clear something up. People in the generation before us complain about how our generation got participation trophies as if they weren't the ones giving them to us. (laughs) Not one kid, not one kid ever asked for a a participation trophy. Never. Not once. Zero. And also, what an insult to the intelligence of children that they didn't realize, oh, Jesus, a fucking participation (laughs) trophy, really? Like, did you see those on the mantelpiece? Like... It was literally like you would come last place in something. Well, here's the thing that everybody else got. And you're like, oh, God, you know, because there's still somebody walking away with a first place trophy. So you just you're just it's like, hey, here's a little trinket that you're going to like try to awkwardly think about when's the appropriate time to throw this away now. Like, mm-hmm. that's all it is. Ma, so, what kind of dog shit want... trophy is this you gave me? It's not a first, <laughs> second or third place. What the hell is this? <laughs> Yeah, there, it, it, it was. I hated whenever I got a participation trophy. It's like here's a physical reminder of the fact that you suck. Here's just just in case you don't think about it enough and it's not causing you enough insecurity amongst your peers. Every time you look at this, you'll think about the fact that you are inadequate at whatever game or sport this is. Or, or music or what, what it may Think be. Think about how uniquely American it is, too, that instead of just having an empty space on your shelf to remind you of your failure, no, 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 we have to manufacture and sell something to give you to take up that empty space to remind you of your failure. Welcome to America. What a, <laughs> oh, what a waste of materials and time and labor. We, uh, we got it. that shit from China to, to mm. make sure you are remembered how much you sucked <laughs> in fourth grade, you little piece of shit. <laughs> Well, my my favorite ever participation trophy I saw, I did not receive this. I was present at the event and a friend of mine, well, four friends of mine, it was a track meet in junior high and it was a relay. It was all relays. Okay. There was like, and there were eight schools invited. Every race was a relay. And the first group went up. I don't remember what relay it was, but they ran the relay or whatever. And the team from my school got eighth place out of eight. And then afterwards, somebody was like, oh, wait, you guys are missing your ribbons, ribbons, your ribbons. It's like, what? Like, you know, blue ribbon first and on down the line. And they came back and I was like, did you really get a ribbon? And my friend pulls pulls the ribbon out of his pocket, holds it up. And he says, yeah. Here it is. We got the crap brown eighth place ribbon. <laughs> they literally gave them brown ribbons for last place. <laughs> Put that on the mantelpiece, your crap brown oh, ribbon. Oh, God. <laughs> that's horrible. That is that is the best. I, that's why it's my number one, is that the crap brown ribbon, the ultimate backhanded compliment. <laughs> I, the, 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 the Trophy Manufacturers Association must have been so strong in the late 80s and 90s. You know, they're like, hey, guys, hey, 
league commissioners, let's get some more trophies out of here. But, you know, but big boy needs to make some more money here. And they're like, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, let's give a trophy to every single damn kid out here. I mean, I believe that's oh, the TMAA. You don't su- subscribe to the Trophy Manufacturers Association of America. I mean, I, I mean, they got a they got a catalog that runs it's thicker than a U line category. Okay, this thing is cool. <laughs> this, anything you could possibly get, you can get a bowler on top of a little turtle. You can do whatever you need. They got everything yeah. in this freaking magazine. We used to have to go and get these from a place called uh, Hildebrands. There's a sporting goods store that we'd have to go pick up our our branded like gym uniforms from for for yeah. like grade school but they also sold trophies and manufactured all that stuff in the store oh. so i remember just being like every time we walked in there every year to get a new gym uniform i'm like i just always wanted to buy myself the weirdest trophy i could find <laughs> <laughs> i've never done that yet but i will before i'm dead i promise i will find a weird trophy is there there's nothing worse than being you go to a basketball tournament, you know, AU, you're not the champions. You're the consolation champions. Yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. You lost one game. So you went to the losers bracket and but you <laughs> won that. You're a champion. It says on the first place consolation bracket. One of the funniest no things sense. I ever heard is uh, somebody say, oh, yeah, I was second runner up in a beauty contest. And the person next to her, another woman said, you came in third. <laughs> and I was like, that is, I've never heard yeah, anything I've, more true than that statement. Oh, I've definitely, I've definitely been a consolation, uh, bracket warrior yeah. over the yeah. years. Yeah. That definitely happened. And it was, it was always one of those things though, where you're like, well, we spent the money. We'd spent the money to play here and we're here and we're wearing the right shoes. So I guess we're going to stick around. Well, we always we always called the consolation championship the toilet bowl. Smart. That's good. Uh, all right. I got to score this out. Uh, I'm giving yeah. you guys both three points for this round because you both tickled my fancy. Was there a, was there? I think Nate, Mitch, you're the only one to give me a backhanded compliment. So I think you get the, yep. the two points. <laughs> Yeah. I, I thought of one and I I was ashamed of it because it was too mean, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> All right. I want to hear it off mic, though, so make sure you remember it. <laughs> uh, I tried giving my best. I, I, Nathan, you got three points for every category today. I tried making you the winner. You got 15, but Mitch, with your two bonus points, you also came out to 15, so it's a tie. So, yeah! so sorry. Your birthday is – you're not a winner. You are – a second loser. All right. So All right. I was what I was gonna say. What I was gonna say was that you look like your favorite Hollywood celebrity, Kevin Smith, but before he had the heart attack. <laughs> you went there, and I love it. So there you go. Two points. You win seventeen. No, whatever. Oh god, damn, that was good. Well, I guess we can't leave without my fast five. <laughs> All right. (laughs) Top five worst places for your car to break down. Number five, Bethany, Indiana, 0.09 square miles and a population of 81. There is no way anything good happens in less than a square mile. Number four, (laughs) French Lick, Indiana. It's got a casino and is the hometown of Larry Bird. I have no evidence, but this sounds like a bad combo. Also, French Lick. Come on. All right. Number three. Larry Bird's dad shot himself in French Lick. So So let's continue with the comedy. Number three. Hope, Indiana. Because I'm assuming this place doesn't have any. Hope. (laughs) Hope was the 
only remaining Moravian church in the state of Indiana, which I heard learned was a like a subsection uh, of Czech folks. And they, there's still many traditional Moravian practices that are also preserved, such as the display of the putts during Christmas time celebrations. I don't know what that is. But I'm gonna look up look it up further because I want to know what the celebration <laughs> of the putts is in Hope, Indiana. Number two, uh, Shurabusco, Indiana, also known as <laughs> Turtle Town, USA, which I only assume to mean that turtles outnumber humans six to one. All right, number one, <laughs> Muncie, Indiana. <laughs> it's nearly a four hour drive from here and yet they have the nerve to call it Little Chicago I know this was the basis for Pawnee but it was founded by dudes called the Ball Brothers and I read a fact that John Dillinger stopped here once and he didn't even rob anything so how good could it be <laughs> that's this week's edition of Uber Cinco from the deep recesses of his psyche where there's now only dog treat recipes has been Mitch Brinkman. And the multi-stroke Warren County meat beater has been... <laughs> Nathan and I've been your big wet boy, Brian Ernst. That as Ms. Bear always says, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do to evade taxes. Avita Zane and adios. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. Oh, God. Oh, that one turned out pretty good, I thought. (laughs) That turned out pretty good.